Welcome to the Green Schools Podcast Futures. Green Schools is a program of Efficiency Nova Scotia, and we do engagements centered around energy efficiency for grades primary to 12 all over our beautiful province of Nova Scotia. With this podcast, we share ideas and inspire change through chatting with students who are doing amazing things to use less energy and taking action to protect the earth. And we also talk to some green professionals who are in green careers related to energy efficiency. We feel it's important to hear from those green heroes all around us, and I know you will enjoy listening to their journey. For today's episode, I am so happy to be interviewing Chris Humphreys, who is a faculty member in the Energy Sustainability Sustainability Engineering Technology Program, ESET, that's a mouthful, at the NSCC campus in Middleton, and an energy analyst and thermographer. Welcome, Chris. I'm very excited to chat with you today. Good day, Ruby. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, so excited. Before we start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? What are some interests you have and what are some hobbies? Sure, Ruby. I'm interested in protecting our environment and particularly our forests. So in 2020, I was instrumental in raising about $93,400 to purchase 47.6 acres of Wabanaki Forest on the North Mountain in Hampton NS, and it was right across from my driveway. So the forester came in and they were going to clear cut it. And I approached him and I said, hey, what do you think about um, not clear cutting and would you consider selling it? So myself and a few friends, we were able to save 47.6 acres. And now we have what's called the um, Arlington Forest Protection Society. So I'm really interested in protecting our wild spaces and and our forests because our forests are absorbing our emissions, our CO2 emissions from all of the things that we do with fossil fuels that emit um, pollution. So I think that they are very important. Mm -hmm. I also like to go uh, canoeing, uh, sailing, and swimming. And my favorite hobby, I think, is gardening and growing food. Awesome. You know what? I started gardening last summer. (laughs) Well, last spring, actually. 2022 was the first time I ever did a garden. I think I was successful, but maybe you can give me some tips in the future. I definitely didn't have everything I anticipated growing. Growing out of my garden, I had kale and cucumber and zucchini. Everything else I planted did not seem to survive. (laughs) So I could use some tips in the future for sure. Ruby, if you had something to eat, I would say that was a smashing success. (laughs) Awesome. Good to know. Okay. So you've worked in the environmental education sector for a while now. Can you tell us how you got here? Sure. Um, It's an interesting story. I graduated from the uh, Energy Sustainability Engineering Technology Program, or ESET for short, in 2011. Um, At that time, I was in transition. I was working in the construction and asphalt industry, um, and I knew in my heart that this wasn't a good space for me. I was an environmentalist. I knew that the the industry that I was in was was polluting, so I wanted to change um, my job. So I went back to school. And when I graduated, I worked in the energy efficiency sector for seven years. And then I was asked to apply for a faculty position to teach ESET by a formal faculty member at the college. And I was applied and I was hired to backfill a maternity leave in 2019. And then I was hired permanently a year later. So I've been there for a little over four years now, and I absolutely love my job. 
Oh my gosh. It sounds like, I mean, I've met you and I've seen what you do. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm sure you're, you're super proud of what you're doing now. So follow-up question. Did you see yourself doing anything like what you were doing now when you were young? Did you see, like, did little Chris see big Chris doing what she's doing now? I think I did. Um, when I was young, I grew up in the Annapolis Valley and I was, I grew up on a farm and the forest was, you know, a quick ride on my bike away. I would go fishing with my grandfather and I was always fascinated with the natural world. If I had a little creek or a stream to wade in or, you know, some flowers to pick in a field and some trees to climb, I was a pretty happy camper. So I think I knew then that I didn't maybe know that I would be a faculty at NSCC in an energy program because that was something that I don't think we were even thinking about that in, in mm -hmm. the sense. But I did know that I wanted to help people learn about what we can do to care for our environment. Awesome. That's pretty cool. And my next question for you is, could you describe to someone who would not know what is your role at NSCC? So like, you know, what exactly are you responsible for? What does it look like? Yeah. Sure. Um, my role at NSCC um, as a teaching faculty is to deliver course content in an interesting and hands-on approach method. So with the ESEP program, I'm first and foremost a teacher. Um, but within that role, I do admin work. Um, sometimes I take on a bit of a mother role with the students when they, you know, need someone to talk to maybe about something that's not in the classroom. Um, I'm on the NSCC sustainability committee at my campus where I'm part of a team that looks at sustainability on, as a whole for our campus. And we were just able to purchase two bikes for anyone on campus that would like to use a bike for exercise or transportation. And we just purchased a NutriTower hydroponic indoor garden that we can grow fresh produce year round for students to use as a food supplement. So very excited about that. And we're building course content around sustainability each year we add something new. So this year we're waiting for the arrival of a 20 foot by 48 foot greenhouse. Um, that we'll be able to grow fresh produce in year round. So in the winter, even when it's cold and minus 15, um, we'll be able to grow kale, spinach, um, you know, some herbs in there so that we will we'll take that food and we will be able to supply our cafeteria with fresh food and for the students to take home with them. Um, I also have a part-time job with NSCC International, teaching remotely in Belize, and I'm developing course content for energy efficiency monitoring and verification in that program too. So I have a follow-up question, which I, I would love to know, and you can direct some students here. Where is Belize, geographically speaking, for those who are like, never heard of Belize before? Okay, so Belize is just, it's on the coast, and it's just a little bit below Mexico. Wow, so pretty cool. That's coast really is cool. along the Caribbean, and it's just, it's a fantastic, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, I would highly recommend awesome. if you like nature and snorkeling that you put Belize on your bucket list. Oh, I, I've always wanted to visit it, just but the name sounds exotic. I've always yeah. wanted to go to Belize. <laughs> awesome. So thinking of your day to day, what does a day in the life of Chris look like? Work and home. So like, you know, get up in the morning. Do you have any pets? Um, you know, like, do, is there stuff you do? Like, do you like go for a jog in the morning? Is there anything that's like part of your daily routine? Yes, I do have pets. So I get up around six. I go out to the barn and feed our horses first thing. Um, then we have two dogs, so they get their breakfast next. Uh, then I work out for about 20 minutes, uh, pack lunches, 
have some breakfast, and then I arrive at work at the college around eight o'clock. And then from there, I teach students about sustainability and energy efficiency, um, which is the responsible practice of using our natural resources in order to meet our needs without destruction of the resource or environment for future generations. So they'll have enough resources to live a healthy life and to do what they need to do. And I take students uh, into the field. So when I say into the field, that means we're not in our classroom. You know, we're going out away from the college. We're maybe doing um, energy assessments on buildings. We often go to Halifax Regional Municipality for climate change and energy sustainability workshops. Um, so we're, we have a Billigan house on site and Billigan is Mi'kmaq for home. And we do energy assessments on that building too. And we learn about building construction and how to use our energy assessment tools to assess building energy loads for heating and cooling. So I was really lucky and fortunate enough to visit the Billigan house. And I should say that that is a pretty energy efficient household, if I do say so myself. And I think it's it's amazing just how efficient it is, just, you know, all the little neat things that are happening in that home. So could you elaborate for those who wouldn't know what, what the Billigan house is? What exactly is it? How is it built? How is it more efficient than other homes, I guess? Sure. So the the Billigan house is built with a passive design consideration. And by passive design, we talk about how correct orientation of windows on the south face of a building can capture enough heat in the winter to actually not require any mechanical heating appliances other than things that you would be doing in the house anyway. So cooking, um, using a washing machine, using a dryer, um, using a hair dryer, curling iron, just having bodies in the house. So if we build with a south exposure with enough window and we have a a substance in the floor, so things like concrete that will absorb heat energy, um, and then release it when the temperature goes down at night. So when we have that sort of passive solar gain and the release from a passive uh, solar storage area in the home, we can actually build houses that don't require any fuel for heating, which is amazing. And we're just doing a, a, a test on the house right now. It does have a heat pump in it for cooling in the summer mainly. Um, we've turned all of the heating aspects in the house off right now. So we're going to leave them off for two weeks. And I've been checking the weather and it's supposed to go down to minus 15 to minus 18, I think in the next couple of days. So it will be neat to look at it and see exactly how cold it is in the house. And we've done this in previous years and it has never fallen below 12 degrees Celsius. That's just, that is uh, amazing. And I'm sure many students who are listening to this are like, I would want to know more. So if you do, we did do a virtual field trip with Chris at the Middleton campus, and it is on our YouTube channel. So you can go check it out and see exactly what the Billigan house looks like, or you can pass by the Middleton campus and go have a look yourself. So my next question is, what would you say is the end goal for you in your career? Like, where do you see yourself in the end? Where would you be like, yes, this is, I've achieved everything I planned on achieving in my life. Oh, wow. Great question, Ruby. So I think that my career goal is to be able to teach long enough that I end up teaching students what I teach them now already about, you know, sustainable design and sustainable use of building materials, energy efficiency. 
Um, but the only difference would be that in that future, the standards for sustainable buildings um, with a mandate for carbon equilibrium, which means that when we build a house, um, we're going to store as much carbon in that home as we've emitted building it, and that its entire operational lifetime of, say, 60 years um, will be less, you know, it won't it won't move the carbon balance. So there will be enough carbon stored in the house with just a tiny bit of use over that longevity of the home's performance, that there will be a balance. So I would like to see in future that I'm going to be teaching the same thing about how to be uh, carbon neutral, but there will be codes for all buildings to be built um, with that practice in mind. So right now we have uh, a national building code it was, uh, it's the 2015 National Building Code is the code that we've adopted in Nova Scotia. So the, the houses built to that code are not passive homes and they're not, um, in my opinion, high performance buildings. So I would like to teach long enough to look at our building code and say, oh, yes, that's a passive design concept. And that's our building code that we have to build all of our buildings now with a passive concept in mind so that we don't need high electricity or uh, fuel costs to heat and cool our buildings. As they are built, they will automatically heat and cool themselves naturally. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's just amazing. And so where do you see Nova Scotia's overall sustainability sector in the next 10 years? Do you think we're headed in the right direction? 100% Ruvi. I think that if I was young and I was looking for a job that was going to be fulfilling so that I would be able to do good and feel good about my job and that I also wanted to you know, earn a good wage, um, the sustainability sector has exploded over the past seven years and it's still in its infancy. So I expect to see that growth continue. Since 2015, Canada has invested roughly $60 billion to remediate climate change and support switching to clean energy. So as we phase out use of fossil fuels, the renewable energy systems that will be required to replace them will mean new jobs in the sustainability sector. And I would project it will be one of the highest paying sectors on average for employment in 10 years. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, it sounds like we're headed in the right direction for sure. And so when we think about Nova Scotia, we're just a small part of the world. So what parts of the world do you think are doing well at energy conservation and sustainability, efficiency, like where else in the world? Okay, so have you ever heard of the country Bhutan? Never in my life. I I was actually just Googling it. I was like, where is this? (laughs) And it seems like small countries get their energy efficiency game on. Um, So the government of Bhutan bases political decisions on gross national happiness index. So that when I heard about that, I was I was I was shocked. I I said, are you kidding? This country runs on gross national happiness. I want to go there. Um, Me too. (laughs) So instead of the gross domestic product, which is an economic factor that we base our decisions on largely in North America and in Canada, it's a it's stark, right? So 70% of the country is covered in forests and they generate most of their electricity from hydropower. So the country is a carbon negative country and that means that the country sequesters or absorbs more emissions than it emits. So wonderful country, Bhutan. Um, the other one that I have a great job too, and there's a small island of Samso that's off the east coast of mainland Denmark, and it's, it's carbon neutral too. 
So they achieved this when the oil crisis of the 1980s made it difficult for the small island to purchase enough oil to heat their homes and businesses and keep its economy going. So one year before the Chernobyl disaster, Denmark passed a law to ban construction of nuclear power plants in the country and switched from coal-based electricity generation to renewable energy systems. They started generating electricity and heat from agricultural waste and biodigesters, and everyone was on board with the change. Farmers erected wind farms in their fields, waste management was done carefully, and they achieved carbon neutral status in 2002. So it is out of necessity that we make changes because often change is difficult unless there is a very pressing reason to make the change. Denmark was paying attention to carbon emissions in the 80s, and they are world leaders with sustainability and energy conservation. Wow, so cool. And what do you think makes them stand out exactly? Like what 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 are they doing that makes them stand up stand out compared to let's say the rest of us? Um well Bhutan has great management. So they have um they have a, a mandate with with very few few um motorized um systems in their society and they can do that. Um they promote travel by foot. So a large part of the population don't wear shoes so they can they walk they walk everywhere um and that's promoted so that efficiency is promoted within their country and to protect their country they even have a restriction on how many tourists are able to come into the country so they're protecting their environment and they're you know they are allowing tourists in but they aren't allowing that tourism to explode and to negatively impact their country so they're being very careful. Um, Denmark, they have um, renewable energy systems on land as well as offshore. So they have offshore wind farms. And everyone in Denmark is almost somehow involved in that energy sustainability. So it's not just um, energy contractors that are coming in and, and building these systems. We have biodigesters that farmers are using their their manure waste from their farm to generate heat and electricity for parts of villages. There are wind turbines that are invested from banks, government, farmers, um, nonprofit organizations within communities. So it's, it's a whole buy-in. Everyone is on board for that energy efficiency. And I think that's where they really stand out as role models for the rest of the world. Anything's possible when we work together for positive change and the results are absolutely inspirational. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know what, Nova Scotia is not far behind. We, we seem to be understanding energy efficiency. We seem to be in the right direction. And I hope we, we do the same thing in the future. Um, just to mention, we are very similar in, in, um, in our climates or maritime climate and our location as Denmark. Mm -hmm. And you're right, we mm -hmm. are getting on board with the renewable energy sector and looking at um, getting off of our fossil fuel habit here in the province. So we've got a little ways to go, but we are definitely heading in the right direction with Efficiency Nova Scotia's uh, energy efficiency programs for residential and business models. Uh, we are definitely leaders in Canada. 100%. And so this question is totally off topic, but I love to ask it because the kids always want to know. So what is your favorite animal? And could you tell us why? I could tell you that my favorite animal is the coyote. Uh, they're very smart and they are super sustainable. 
So coyotes will have litters to match their food supply. So if you have years where there are there's an explosion in population of vol voles or mice or rabbits, then their litters will match that food supply. If you have years where there's not um, that much food, then they will restrict their litters. And sometimes they will not have a litter at all in years where there is a restriction in their food supply. Um, they can eat almost anything. So they can survive on frogs, uh, mice. They can survive on, on garbage. Um, and their diet is mostly rodents and amphibians. And they have strong family bonds. And if you've ever heard a coyote howl, it's, it's absolutely lovely. So they're very smart and sustainable. And that's why they are my favorite animal. Oh, I've, I've actually never heard anyone say that. And I've learned so much about them today. I, I didn't even know all this information. So super, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for talking to the Futures podcast today. We really had fun getting to know you and all about the different things you're getting up to out there in Middleton. So thank you so much. Thanks, Ruby. I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. That was an amazing episode today with Chris, and I learned so much about what is going on in Middleton at the NSCC campus. So if you're interested in knowing more, once again, you can check out our virtual field trip episode on our YouTube channel, Green Schools Nova Scotia, or you can also go by and check it out in person at the Middleton campus or check out the NSCC website. Once again, thank you to Chris for taking the time to talk to us today. And I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye.